If you believe that God is great, say amen. Amen. Romans chapter number nine, I'm sorry. Romans chapter number nine. We are continuing in our series here on a total makeover. It's the Holy Spirit of God that comes inside of us at the moment of salvation and dwells us. And I'm so glad, as we have seen over the last several weeks here, we don't have to live this Christian life in our own flesh, in our own strength. It comes from the power of God. A total makeover is taking something old and making it new. And if, you're, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, that's exactly what God did. He took something old. He took that, that uh, uh, old man, that old wretched man, that, that uh, one that death was certain and made a complete makeover. That's what salvation does. It takes a person dead in their sins and makes them new, a, a new life in Christ, alive forevermore. And that's why we can sing of what we sung this morning, just about the Lord and heaven. We have something, someone to rejoice in. We have someone to worship and lift our voices. We don't have to live a discouraged, defeated life because we have power. We have life and life everlasting. Jesus said he came to give life. And um, I want us to look at Acts chapter nine. This is a story of, we know him as the Apostle Paul. This is a story we're introduced to uh, uh, Paul when he is, he is on his way to, to Mas- Damascus in verse number one, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of, of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. He goes on to tell us this, and he uh, journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. He trembling and uh, astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. He, so he was, he was blind. He, as, as he, uh, after this encounter with Christ, he uh, could not see. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there, he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. Father in heaven, we need your help today. Lord, as I just said a moment ago, there are people here, Lord, that are hurting. Lord, I received messages this week of people that are going through trials. Lord, there's people that have had surgery. There's people that are still mourning. There are issues at work, issues at home. Lord, we know that in this world that we live in, there's going to be trials and burdens. But Lord, we come here to your house for just um, several moments here. We've sung about you. We've given. We've now 
come to your word. And as we gather around it, Holy Spirit of God, please, I pray you would teach us, you would encourage us, you would point us to Jesus Christ. If there's anything at all in our lives that you want changed, Lord, would you show us it today, convict us and show us truth. If there's anything in our life, Lord, that we need fixed, we yield to you. And we know that you are the great physician. We know that you're God. And we ask that you would intervene. Lord, I pray that you'd be with me for these moments as we preach from your word. I pray your spirit would guide every word. I pray as you guide that word that you would put it in each heart, each ear, and do with it what only you can do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we're looking at this total makeover, we come to Saul. Again, we know Saul as the Apostle Paul, one that wrote a great amount of the New Testament. But at this time, people don't know that the, the man Saul is going to be the great Apostle Paul. They just know that there's this man named Saul that is doing everything he can to stop the promotion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, we find the old nature. Number one, I want us to see, we see Paul's old nature. He is threatening, he's, he's, he's threatening and he's boasting of killing and he's, he's, putting, he's putting Christians in fear. This is the old nature of Paul. Paul is, is one that's going from place to place, synagogue to synagogue. He's come now to the, to the priest and said, let me go to Damascus and the synagogue's there and I'm gonna go and if I hear any man or any woman that begins to preach or teach or believe in Jesus Christ, I'll bring them back bound in Jerusalem and, and we can do with whatever we will to them, but we are not going to let these Christians, these disciples of Christ continue in their path that they're on. And so the old nature, this old man Paul, is, is, is out there to slaughter, to threaten Christians. And it's done, what I find this, look with me here, he goes in verse number one, the Bible says he went unto the high priest. And something that's so unique about Saul, is Saul is doing all of these things in the name of religion. Saul is going out and, and slaughtering and imprisoning Christians in the name of religion. Paul's old nature was one there. We look at some people and say, boy, they were just a, 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 just a horrible testimony. And boy, what a, what a, a bad example they are. Maybe, maybe with issues and problems that they had in life. Paul was a religious leader. Paul was one that the religious leaders looked up to. Paul had all of the standards and all of the, the things that, that the Jews taught. He had all of those things said. As a matter of fact, he thought that he was doing such a great thing for God by going out and, and behaving the way he was behaving. But we find something here about Paul. Paul's lost. The God that Paul is going out and trying to serve, Paul doesn't even know that God. What Paul knows is religion. And Paul's old nature, like many, many human beings today, we try to fill a hole that only belongs to God by religion. And we find Paul here, it's done in our flesh. Religion is always a, uh, done in the flesh. It's done for our own human reasoning. It's done for our own human gain. It's, it's what we have placed it, put in place in order to uh, achieve something, only to find this, that we can't achieve what God desires for us to achieve apart from God. 
I think all the way back in the Old Testament, there were those that began to build this tower that called the Tower of Babel. God created man to fellowship with him and, and, and to worship him and, and man sinned. And, and from that time, man is now trying to do his own thing, his own way. And the group there that was alive on that earth, they came together and they said this, let's build a tower unto heaven. Let's build a tower unto God. That wasn't the way that God said you can get to heaven. What God promised Adam and Eve is this, that he was going to send a payment. He was going to send a sacrifice. And he even took a lamb there and, and made a sacrifice and clothed their nakedness with that wool. But he, he promised that there was going to come a, a sacrifice and through the line and lineage of of, of of Abraham and David, he promised that there was going to be a, a savior, a Messiah, that that Messiah was going to come and his blood was going to be shed, that sacrifice was going to be made, and only through that sacrifice can man achieve God or, or heaven, if you will. But since the beginning of time, that sin, man has always tried to achieve it his way. Man has always tried to achieve it through the way of religion instead of God's way. Man-made religion is always done in the flesh. There, there is even some that are sincere. And I believe this, as we read about the Apostle Paul, I think you would find this, that Paul was very sincere in what he believed. And this, I think, is the part that we need to be careful of, is sincerity isn't what saves you. It's your faith in Jesus Christ is what saves you. Because there are some that are very sincere about religion, but if they are sincere about putting their faith and hope in their own works or put their faith and hope in another man or put their faith and hope in a church or put their faith and hope in the waters of baptism, it doesn't matter how sincere they are, they're sincerely wrong. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what what Saul needed to learn was it didn't matter how sincere he was about opposing those that were followers of Christ, thinking he was doing a good thing. He needed to put his faith in Jesus Christ. So we find there's even sincerity in those, but it's still flesh. So Paul sets out to Damascus. He sets out, the Bible says, to go to a synagogue to arrest any man, any woman, that are followers of Christ. You see, what Paul was doing is Paul was demanding justice for all those that opposed the religious norm. If you opposed what was being taught there in the synagogues, if you, if you opposed uh, what was being, uh, uh, they were brought up in, if you opposed those things, then Paul said, justice needs to come. I want you to see secondly this morning as well in verse number four, five and six, I want you to see Paul's introduction to Christ. We see Paul's old nature. Paul's old nature was, was uh, dead and trespasses and sin. It was, it was self-serving. It was, it was in a, a dead religion. It was trying to achieve something his own way. But then Paul, in these verses here, he's introduced to Christ. In verse number four, the Bible says, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He heard a voice. And this wasn't just a voice of a follower of Jesus. This wasn't just a voice of somebody that was with him. This was the voice of Jesus Christ. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I 
am Jesus. Here we find Paul's introduction to Christ. And when Paul was introduced to Christ, you know what we find? Immediate surrender from, from Saul. Immediate surrender. And listen, the same thing is true when you are introduced to Jesus Christ. You say, what's, what's, what, what do I need to do? The same thing Paul, uh, Saul did is just immediate surrender. Lord, you are Lord, and, and I acknowledge you as Jesus Christ. We see immediate surrender. We see immediate obedience here as Paul is introduced to Christ. You see, there are many in this world that are looking for a change. They're trying things. They're, if one religion doesn't work, they're, they're willing to try something else. If, if one doesn't satisfy, then they try something else. A lot of times someone finds himself into trouble, and so they want to try something. To, and they use this word, I want to turn over a new leaf and try something else. I, I want a different path. They're, they're, they're bad. They, they don't want their bad any longer, but they also don't want to give up who they are. Many are looking for change, but they want to find change in religion. They want to keep what they want and just adapt that change to maybe make their life better. I, I, I warn our church often, listen, if you got saved so that you can get something, prosper, get money, uh, you, you, you heard the wrong gospel. There, there's preachers out there all day long that'll tell you, you know, what you need is to get saved and, and send money. And if you'll do that, then you're prospering. There's many people that are putting their, their, their trust into something, but it's selfish. Listen to me, Jesus Christ died. You and I were born in our dead and trespasses and sin. We were born sinners and God sent his only begotten son to redeem us from that. It's not about a change or uh, turning over a new leaf or, or just trying a different path to see if that works. And what Paul was introduced, he was introduced to Jesus Christ. He wasn't introduced to an alternative. He was introduced to the one and only truth. He wasn't introduced, well, let's try this for a little while, Saul, to see if this is any good. No, he was introduced to the cure. He was introduced to the answer. He was introduced to the Messiah. He was introduced to Jesus Christ. You know what Paul found? It was Jesus Christ that saved him, and no religion can. Oh, it's the same thing for us today. It's Jesus Christ that changes us, that saves us, not religion. I want you to notice with me in verse number five of chapter number nine, again, we see this. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And, and the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Christ said, your direction is wrong. What you're doing is not for me. You're against me. You're fighting the wrong things. You're, you're kicking against the pricks. You're, 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 you're just batting in the wind. What you're doing is going to get you nowhere. Jesus Christ says the same thing to us. If we're putting our faith in religion, what we're putting our faith in is going to get us nowhere. What you're putting your faith in, you're just wasting time. Jesus is the answer, and Jesus comes to Saul, and, and, he, and he introduces himself, and he says, what you're doing is wasting your time, but I'm going to introduce myself to you. Religion leaves you extinguishing all of your energy 
and you're left with nothing. Hear me today, religion will just leave you tired. Religion is about emotion. And then when you come to your end, you find that there's nothing filling. That's where Saul found himself. The reason why is because there is no guidance of truth. Only the spirit of God can lead you in the way of truth. Listen to me, church, please don't miss that. Only the spirit of God can lead you in the way of truth. Anything man-made will bring conflict in your life. It doesn't bring resolution, it brings conflict. It brings fear. It brings guilt, it brings shame. It causes you to feel like you've got to do something to, to fix this problem. And that's what religion does. But Paul or Saul found Jesus Christ and he found this, that only the spirit of God can lead you in the way of truth. Without the spirit of God, we are left to decide and we're left to defend and pursue what our emotions dictate at the moment. I've said this before. I say it again this morning. If you're dependent upon your emotions every day, you're going to change. Because today we're up and tomorrow we're down. Today we've got good news, so things are good. Tomorrow the bottom drops out, so things are bad. But oh, listen to me, religion will get you emotionally high and get you emotionally drained. But, but a relationship with Jesus Christ, it is the truth. It's what fills you. It's what sustains you. It's what keeps you there. I said earlier, there are some here today that I know this week, there's some things that you received, some news that you got, some discouraging things that you heard. And listen to me, you don't have to carry that burden. You've got Jesus Christ who offered to carry that for you. It's something religion doesn't offer. It's not dependent upon our emotions. It's dependent upon the work of the cross, what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. You see, Paul, Saul is confused. Saul is thinking he's doing a good thing. He's got permission by the priest. He's going out and he's bringing these men and women into captivity and, and putting them in jail for their belief in Christ. He's confused. And that's what religion does to a person. It confuses them. But you know what Jesus does? He brings clarity to an otherwise frustrated and confused soul. When Jesus... Paul was introduced to Jesus. Jesus took Paul in his confusion, in his frustration, and he settled that for Saul. Oh, hear me today, please. That's what Jesus Christ will do for you. He settles the confusion. He settles the problem. He settles it when, when Saul is introduced to Jesus here. He says, who are you, Lord? And, and, and he says, I am Jesus. I am the one. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. What Saul, what you're looking for, you're going to find it in me. And he takes care of all of that confusion and brings clarity to an otherwise frustrated Saul. And we find in verse number four, again, Jesus asks a question, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You see, he wanted Saul to come to an answer. He wanted Saul to realize you're not against Christianity. You're not against the Christian. You're not against the disciple. You're against me. 
You see, in anything that teaches that truth is found some other way than through Christ, it's against Christ. Truth can only be found in Christ. If you are believing something other than Christ, you are not being told truth. You are going against truth. And what what Saul, what Christ wanted him to see, that you're not against, you're not against the believer, you're against Christ himself. It isn't Christians he's resisting, it's Christ. If you've heard the gospel message preached and, and you're resisting that message, it's not the person that you're, that's telling you the message you're resisting, it's, it's Christ you're resisting. is isn't another religious system or a, a competing religious system, but Christ that Saul is resisting. Oh, today I pray, I pray if you don't know Christ as your savior that you would stop resisting him today and put your faith in him. You see, Christianity is not just trading one set of customs or one set of traditions for another. And that's what Paul thought was happening. I know I keep saying Paul and Saul, forgive me. (laughs) Saul, he thought that these Jews were trading one set of customs and traditions in for another. And he said, that's wrong. And the truth is this, if you take one set of religious beliefs and trade them for another set of religious beliefs, you're wasting your time. Because it's not religion that saves. But what Paul learned on the road to Damascus, these Christians, these believers in Christ, they weren't just trading one set of tradition for another set of tradition. They weren't just trading one religion for another religion. They weren't just trading one custom for another custom. They were throwing all that away that was empty and dry and dead. And they were taking Jesus Christ and they were finding new life in Christ. And that's what salvation does. It's giving your life, your will, your heart, your mind, not to religion, but to a person. And that person is the one that was introduced here to Saul who said, I am Jesus. It's God's son. Jesus, God in the flesh. He came to save us, to release us from the hold of sin to release us from from selfishness, to release us from that pride, to release us to the hold of destruction, to release us from the bondage of sin so that we could find eternity, eternal life in him. Verse number six, look there with me if you would please. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Thirdly, I want you to write this down. We see, Paul, we see Saul's reaction to Christ. These couple words here, I just stopped as I was studying this week and began to really concentrate and meditate upon this verse. And I began to think, Lord, what was he trembling and astonished with? The fact that he was on this road and the bright light came. What was he astonished with? Because the Bible says here his reaction was trembling and astonished. His reaction was this question, what will you have me to do? 
as I meditated and just concentrated and prayed upon that verse and just began to think through, why would he tremble and be astonished? And I'll tell you why I believe. He realized that the man that was crucified was alive. He realized the man that was placed in that grave is no longer dead. You see, he was against those that were followers of Christ because he didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He didn't believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He didn't believe who Jesus said that he was. He didn't believe what the, his followers, his disciples were saying about Jesus. Yes, he believed that he was crucified. Yes, he believed that he was set in the grave. But he didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was one, as many of the Pharisees believed, that the disciples came and, and just simply moved the body of Jesus into another tomb, into a, another place, hid the body of Jesus so they could say that Jesus was resurrected. But he didn't believe that Jesus was the resurrection. He didn't believe that Jesus was alive. And when he was on the road to Damascus, when he's coming to this place to, to, to imprison those followers of Jesus because he believed what they thought was wrong about Jesus, he believed that they were following a man that was still in the grave. He believed that they were following a man that was not God. He believed that Jesus was just a man dead in his grave. And when he was on the way to Damascus, Jesus met him there. There. And Jesus said, I am Jesus. And I believe that he was so astonished. I believe that you find his spirit trembling there because the one that he thought was dead, he realized is alive. The one that he thought was a scam was not a scam. The one that he thought his disciples hid him in another tomb, he's not in another tomb. He met Jesus face to face. Everything he thought about Jesus was wrong. And he realized now that Jesus Christ is alive. Wow. You see, that changes everything. Because it no longer is about religion. It's now about a personal relationship with the man, Jesus Christ. You see, he denied the resurrection, but you can't deny the resurrection when Jesus Christ is standing in front of you now. <laughs> you can't deny that he's in the grave. You, you, can't say, you can't say that the one that you worship, the one that you're putting your, your trust and faith into is dead like every other man. Oh, you see, today, there's no other religion that's putting their faith in someone that still is alive. Jesus Christ, Paul met on the road to Damascus. Who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. You are alive. Oh, listen to me. When you meet Jesus Christ, it's a spirit of trembling and astonishment. Why? Because you realize that Jesus Christ is alive, that he is reigning, that he is who he said that he was. But now he is standing before Saul. He's speaking and he's calling Saul's name. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, is alive. And oh, Christian, today we have something to rejoice in. Just like Saul had something to rejoice in, we don't have to put our faith and trust in some religious system and something that's going to die and something that we hope is correct. We have met Jesus face to face. He's not in a tomb. He's not on the cross any longer. He's not in the grave. He is risen from the dead and he is sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. The Savior that we serve, he is alive. 
Praise God. You come today. There are so many around this world. And I've been in these countries and I've seen them worshiping gods. They're carrying the same burdens that you're carrying. They're feeling the same pressures you're feeling. And they're going to a dead God, a dead religion to try to find answers. And they go there and they leave with no answers. But oh, listen to me today. You've come here with something today. You've come here carrying a burden. You've come here carrying some suffering. You've come here with a trial. You've come here with something today that's bogging your mind down and heavy on your heart. I want you to know that we didn't just come here and serve religion. We didn't come here and just sing some songs to entertain us. We didn't just come here and, and, and worship something that we hope, we hope one day will come through. No, we came here today and we lifted our voices up and we lifted our hands up and we clapped today because there is a Savior that is alive and his name is Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're carrying today, but I do know this. If you know Jesus Christ as your savior, he can help you carry. He will take that burden and he will carry it for you. You see, and that's what Saul learned. That's why Saul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? How could he write such a thing? Because he saw Jesus face to face. That's why he wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why John wrote this in 1 John 5, 4, for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is what the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, hallelujah, Jesus Christ is alive. Every time we come, we have something to celebrate. Every problem you have, you have someone that is alive and that holds all power that you can lay that at his feet and, and, and rest assured that he loves you and he cares for you. You see, Paul or Saul was astonished because of what he learned that day. He learned that Jesus Christ is alive. No one can come to Jesus unless they believe he's alive. And that's why it's so important today as we preach the cross, we also, the gospel says that Jesus was placed in that tomb and three days later, he rose again from the tomb. He rose again from the grave because he is life. You see, today we don't worship religion. We worship Jesus. Saul, he found Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior today, I pray that you would believe the gospel message that God sent his only begotten son to come to this world, to die on the cross so that every sin that you've ever committed could be forgiven. And he didn't stop there. He was placed, that body was placed in the grave. And for three days, he stayed in that grave. But on the third day, he arose from the dead, conquering death, having victory. And he offers you everlasting life. Oh, please, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, would you accept him today? But Christian, we have something to rejoice in because our savior is alive. 
He's conquered death. He's conquered hell. He's gone to the Father waiting for you and for me. He said, I come to prepare a place for you. That ought to encourage us today. Whatever you're going through today, I want you to realize something. He's still alive. He hasn't forgotten about you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's there. Just like Saul, Jesus is there to offer you everlasting life. And now once he gives you life, he's there to guide you and direct you through this life. Let's pray, Father.